Hey guys, this is the Real Estate Podcast, and this is your host, yours truly, Matt Teifke. Real quick before we dive in, if you don't mind, please make sure to subscribe to our channel. We want to get the message out that real estate can be for everybody. We want to share the entrepreneurship that we're learning along our journey. So before we dive into the episode, please make sure you share with your friends, and we want to continue to add value. So thank you guys, and let's dive right into the episode. Hey, imagine what would happen if we took the principles that we've been talking about here and they left this podcast space and it went out into the city. Imagine how that would transform you, how that would transform uh, your family, how that would transform this city. Now, receive the benediction. Go and be a person who puts other people first. Go and be a person that's looking for how God's going to expand his kingdom through you individually. Go and have an awesome week of worship. You are set. Come on, baby. All right, guys. This is Matt, Matthew Teifke with The Real Estate Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I usually say we have special guests, but this <laughs> is a godly man. And I'm really excited because uh, we try to shine the light of God uh, as we're building our business. Yeah. And I think people kind of understand that about us, or I hope that. But uh, we have Chris Pleckenpool, and he is uh, my pastor at Wells Branch Community Church. And we're excited to have you here, Chris. Man, Matt, I am so pumped. And just to think about you are, as you're doing your business, as you're growing your business, you're trying to put God at the very <laughs> forefront of that. That's usually not what you hear from uh, an entrepreneur, someone that's really trying to to, to win at all costs. It, this is a big deal. So I, I just, I'm so honored that you, one, asked me beyond, but two, that uh, what you're really trying to do is promote an agenda that's uh, eternal. Yeah, thanks, man. And it's it's been a journey for me. A lot of people are, are asking me, and I've kind of had this revelation lately. Mm. It's like, what's the goal? Like, what are you trying to do? Right. And what I've realized is like, there is no, for me, as far as business, like, it's not, let's go build this and sell it or right. make this much money. Right. It's just like, I'm trying my best to follow what I hear from God, what I believe is my path for God, and yeah. I'm content where I'm at. And like, I'm happy. And Let's enjoy it and have fun. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. I mean, God has given you, a, and, and this is why, because I, I know we're going to go in this direction. Just, I, I always love entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have a gift set that's unique, uh, that, that has this sense of, I have this God-given ability, which is sort of like uh, to take my life in a direction that honors him, and I can do two things at once. I can live for God in my purpose, at the same time also provide for my family. And very few people... Uh, you know, America is a, is a unique place where you can do that, mm -hmm. um, where you're not sort of a slave to the system or, you know, you're not stuck where you can kind of fulfill your purpose uh, and do something you love at the same time. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship, um, which is why one of the things <clears throat> that um, I'm involved in is church planting, which mm -hmm. is sort of like s sending out new businesses all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, in fact, actually we have uh, one of our pastors, <coughs> On staff, I've been training him for 10 years, mm -hmm. and uh, another church said, hey, we'll fund his uh, church plant. So I'm like, that's great. Yeah, it's crazy. So it, it it's an amazing thing to see that there's, um, when you think of, you know, building your business and sort of success mind mindset, and you're, you're trying to have an overarching goal of living for the Lord, ultimately, and then the success that comes with that. Not that say, like, you know, this isn't the uh, name it and claim it prosperity gospel show, but... 
Uh, what I've found is that when you do put the Lord first, when you, he directs your steps, then he makes your path straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's exciting for me to, uh, you know, continue on my journey and, uh, you know, I love going to church and yeah. try to put it all together the best yeah. way I can. Well, I got fired up. You just told me a verse that you memorized. I, I would love yeah, for you yeah. to be able to yeah, yeah, put it you on the spot. No, no, I love it. I love it. So, um, I'm doing a discipleship program, mm-hmm. so I've, I've got like five or six, uh, but we just started memorizing this one two days ago, mm-hmm. um, and what it says is, don't you realize that everyone who runs a race runs to win, Yeah. but only one prize is given, so be like them and run to win. Everyone who enters an athletic contest does so in strict training, but they do it for a temporary crown. We do it for one that's permanent. So I run, but not without a clear goal ahead of me. And I box, but not as if I were shadow boxing. Rather, I strengthen myself with punches and make my body a slave so that I will not be disqualified when I share the good news with others. And I, and I, I started, wow. And I did. And I told two people that yesterday and I'm like, I don't know why, but like, I feel like telling you this. (laughs) And that is like, so, so there's a lot in that yeah. and I, and this gets not that we want to make this all about um entrepreneurship but I just since you are and yeah. since I have a heart for it that's the discipline required mm-hmm. that as an entrepreneur you can't have anybody telling you what to do you mm-hmm. make your own schedule mm-hmm. and so therefore you discipline your body and you make it your slave so you yeah. will not be disqualified whenever you preach the gospel mm-hmm. or in this in the case or whenever you make a sale or whenever you make a presentation and I think that becomes the reality of like the discipline that requires that's required of an entrepreneur. And this is why it's really sometimes challenging for army people to come out of the military and mm-hmm. go into entrepreneurial. We're used to having someone tell us what to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then all of a sudden when you are the one that's telling you what to do, mm-hmm. it can be a challenge uh, because your time sort of ekes away from you because all these little distractions come up. Yeah. How do you, how do you do <clears throat> so? Cause, cause it's not like, I don't look at you as like a person that is just, unbelievably meticulous and not fun person. You're like mm. a fun person. How yes. do you remain disciplined mm. uh, in t- so that you beat your body and make your slaves so mm. that you are not shadow boxing with distractions? How do you, how mm. do you personally in your business stay mm. focused? Yeah. Great question. Um, well, the, the, that quote is I'm, I'm getting more into yeah. uh, working out and like mm-hmm. taking care of my body, which mm-hmm. is kind of where that makes me think of. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a big goal of mine. And I think, at the end of the day, like I'm, I have a, a goal and I have a vision of what I'm trying to do with our business. Mm-hmm. And I've been around, I've lived this. And the concept is be the place where people can come to get more out of real estate for themselves. Nice. So for you, not for me, right, the right, broker. Right, right. And I've worked at multiple brokerages. I've studied them. I've talked to some of the biggest you know, guys that started brokerages and I've never seen anybody promote that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very clear on that. And at the end of the day, I have a lot of people that believe in that, that work with us, that I somewhat feel responsible for, mm-hmm. and I'm doing my best job that I possibly can to, to make that happen. A couple of things I've noticed that you do do is you're networking constantly. So you're yet, so you know, there's a, there's a the big thing for an entrepreneur is what do I say yes to and what do I say no to? Mm-hmm. And I've seen you say a whole bunch of yeses to potential relationships. Um, but you're disciplined about it in a way that's like, I'm going to go to every single one of these things I possibly can. And I'm going to say no to anything that isn't sort of forwarding a networking sort of relationship mm-hmm. that sort of moves the business forward. That, mm-hmm. if, if I'm just like from the outside looking at your life, sure. you can tell me if that's true or not. Yeah. That seems to be sort of your MO. Yeah, it's constant learning. Like I'm always learning and I've, I've had like 
I've always been the type, like we have agents mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't really consider myself a good type of boss in the sense that like, I tell you what to do and I oversee right. you. Right. Our Micromanaging. Agents, That's yeah, not like your, not our, your We work with our agents. Alex is a boss. Like we have employees. And, right. And they, they need to have KPIs and, you know, do certain things. I don't, I'm not good at that. Right. And so I get the opportunity. I'm very blessed to work alongside of people to help them accomplish their goals. Right. And we're both motivated at the same time. And they're not motivated to do for me. They are for themselves. And I can plug in and we can both grow together. I love that. Yeah. And are you able to talk about like what that split is? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so how do you, I mean, because when you, I talk about being, and this is just me as a simple person, when mm-hmm. I think about motivation, I think more money equals more motivation. How do mm-hmm. you, how are you able to do that without like taking that away or, or making that yeah. incentivize it? Or how do you do that? It's tricky. I mean, I, I did a good amount of sales. Like I was doing, uh, 30, 20, 30, 40 million in sales volume, mm-hmm. which would be like two, 300,000 in commissions yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally stopped that like eight months ago what? as we started building the brokerage out. Right. But and so was there, there was a loss for you. Yeah. And still like, it's, it's actually now hitting me. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> man, like I forgot that like, like we were doing well Yeah, and we, the business is doing well. But it's a challenge. And even to this day, like I still give out leads. I, I give, I'm so unconventional. Like I, I gave a lead yesterday and I probably shouldn't say this as a broker, <laughs> but like to a girl that's not even with our brokerage. Oh my gosh. And it's because I actually think she will be the best person to do that job. Okay. So that is mind blowing. And not that, so this is where, this is where I love this because it intersects with our church planting stuff. Like we send people to, uh, from our church to other churches. We send other churches are saying that when we want to start a church, that we want to reach a city, we send people away that are giving to our church, our thing, doing our thing. And we're like giving that away to another, to start another church. Cause we really believe that more churches is actually better for everybody. The, the rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what you're doing is by, by in the short term, by giving away a great deal is in the long term building your business for the long haul. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think I'm really good at what I do. I, I, just one thing, right? I, I try really hard to like kill the ego and it's this nothing to do with me. This is right. God, but I am making an impact. I get texts from people all the time yeah. and they're like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like you're not even my broker. Right. And those kind of things inspire me. Yeah. And I'm like, there's something meaningful and it's not about money. It does come back to God. And that's why it's, that's why partially I wanted to have you on the show. Yeah. Cause I want to do a podcast like our channel is got cannabis is yeah. got real estate <laughs> yeah pastor yeah come on man um, let's do it and everyone has different opinions and stuff but we're doing it the way we want to i love it and we can and we're, we're lucky to have and we got great people andrew and cat and like we grew up together there's a lot of good people around here it's the what is real so man there's several things that as a again in fact i'm having tomorrow i'm doing a church plant assessment where i where we assess, we have like seven guys and we grill a guy about like, do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur, to be a pastor, to be, cause you're kind of, you wear all hats. It's, mm-hmm. You're a business owner. Uh, so when I hear that, what I, what I'm hearing is that from your childhood, mm-hmm. the relationships that you've had, you've developed and you've kept. Mm-hmm. So what, what's really difficult about that in, in, at least in our culture and just from as a pastor, I see this is a lot of people will shut off relationship. So when somebody makes them mad, they write them off mm. and then they move on, which mm. and they would say, well, that person, that relationship, that whatever, that was toxic. I can't deal yeah. with that. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're limiting <clears throat> in that moment. Is this for all uh, entrepreneurs or pastors mm. or whoever? 
you're limiting a huge section of your business because you've written off a, a huge person. As opposed to if you were to go and make it right with that person, Dude. now you've gained a friend for life. I love, I love that you touched on this um, because this, this is something I've thought about a lot. Like, kind of stick with me. Yeah, yeah. Thought process. No, yeah. So like, uh, J- James is my buddy. We're mm-hmm. working out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, we've all made mistakes, right? Sure. And like, I've, I've been a, a bad person at times and done things that people have or could have written me off from. Right. And it's like me and James, that could have been me and James at one point and we could have just separated, yeah. but now we're not at that point and we've come together. Yeah. But this is something that someone told me and it was, and it's, I didn't really get it at the time, but I do feel like I get it now more right. than ever is if you're going to have a partner Actually, I think it might've been you. Um, <laughs> they need to be a Christian. Yeah. And, and what I'm getting at is like, yeah, I made my mistakes, Chris, but as a Christian, you actually ideally forgive mm-hmm. me Yeah, absolutely. and let me talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But there have been people and there's literally like two people that come to mind right, right. that I don't think I was perfect. Yeah. Uh, but they have t- totally written me off. Right. And I'm like, man, like I genuinely still think about that mm-hmm. and reach out to them. Like, can we please, like, yeah. I just want you to forgive me right and like they won't and so that's what makes me think of you have to so be a partner with a christian you, know? you have to and then matt other the other thing like your life because it's like you grew up here your high school's down the street like you are round rock i mean like like matt like when we go play softball there's random people on the other team that you know who they are mm-hmm. like that's that to me says um, again, this is just for, I think you have have to have a reputation. Your reputation matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, not that I don't know how many like teenagers are listening, but you just never know. But like the reality is, so the way you treat people as a teenager, the way, the way you treat people at, in, in college, the way you, you, you know, are you going to either look out for yourself to be number one, or are you going to put other people first? Mm-hmm. And then over time, they're going to go like, huh, that person, that kid, when I was at, at a hard place, they stuck up for me. And then that goes, people, re- you remember those yeah. high school, like, uh, scars, s- struggles. And when there was someone that was kind to you mm-hmm. and then they have a business, you're like, boom. Mm-hmm. So I, all that to say, huge advantage for you, uh, growing up in Round Rock, doing business in Round Rock and in Austin, the greater Austin area. Uh, I just really feel that that is hard to do because people screw up so many times. They usually go to a new place to start over. Mm. And then, you know, they they are maybe cognizant of the fact that like, I I can't just be a jerk Mm. to to people. And so you've had to do that over time and to make things right over time as we all have messed stuff up. Right. Yeah. I love it, man. No, it's, it's really interesting. This journey that I'm on and part of the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is my brother uh, is like, I think Chris might be the only other person I know that's as busy as you are. <laughs> and when I start to like see kind of from the outskirts, what you're doing and, yeah. and somewhat understanding how a church is run, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, this seems to be like building the ultimate business. It, listen, <laughs> okay. Can I just tell you, yeah. it gets me excited because it, there's a lot of being a pastor that it's, you know, you think pastor theology, preaching, that's kind of what you do. no, there's payroll. Uh, yeah. it's, it's man, I hate payroll. I hate figuring out taxes cause pastors have a weird tax mm. thing mm-hmm. because there's some parts that are really great that like we get, we get a housing allowance cause of parsonages. I don't know if you ever heard of a parsonage. No. So back in the olden days, every church had like a house that the pastor would live in. Mm. Well, so then when you become a pastor, they said, well, nowadays nobody has a house on the, the property. You, right. So anyway, you get a tax sort of advantage because of that, but at the same time that you're self-employed. <clears throat> so you don't, get 
Social Security. There's a lot of weird stuff. Anyway, right, so you right. have to have like some sort of tax understanding. Yeah, we're we're building a, a building in Brushy Creek, which is super exciting. Um, and you don't, you know, in seminary, they don't go like, now here is your building permitting 101. Right. Here is your site planning uh, 101. Now there's basic things that uh, that's on the internet, like for every acre, you know, think of this: 100 people for every acre on uh, on the campus at one time. Like uh, you have to think in terms of that. Yeah. Uh, but just dealing with an architect, uh, dealing with uh, a civil engineer, yeah. dealing with uh, loan uh, things that you, you and I have talked about, dealing uh, with um, structural engineers, MEP, which I didn't even know what MEPs were until uh, recently, which is mechanical, electrical, plumbing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so like now here I am, I'm a pastor and I'm, yeah. I'm in these meetings and I'm running the meeting. I know. I'm running the meeting, Matt. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know what's next. Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Civil guy, are you here? No, civil guy's not here. All right. Architect guy, I need you to send civil guy the latest plans because he's turning him into the, to the city of Cedar Park over. And it's just, <laughs> I get it, man. And I've done uh internship with the developer. Yeah. And I was like, I never want to do this. <laughs> Development sucks. <laughs> and what I've what I've kind of seen from you from uh, watching is, uh, and I'm sure this has a lot to do with God, but mm -hmm. you have a really good attitude about it. Yeah. Like most people in those development meetings are not uh, approaching it the way you are. Okay. They're yeah. frustrated. They're mad. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. You're, you're like, hey, we're just gonna figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's if that's good or bad, right? Because sometimes you're it's like, good. do I need it to put to pressure good. on somebody? I mean, I, I feel like that's what you would do, but I don't think that's the Wouldn't godly it be reason. the ultimate way to be trusting God? Yeah. Like, absolutely. And, and yeah. that's really so. Honestly, to that point, like there was a one of my accountability questions that I have is, is what I get asked weekly is: mm. Is there anything that you have? Um, responded in fear over faith. Uh, and so in this building process, it has been a constant challenge for me to respond in faith over fear. So for example, um, we were gifted this land, by the way, yeah. the two, two, or sorry, 4.38 acres that overlooks a three acre pond uh, of land. Mm. That was just, it's like $2 million worth of land. I'm sure way more by now. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so when we were being gifted this land, uh, the person that was gifting it says like, Hey, I got this real estate deal. I'm, I'm selling, uh, several of my businesses and that should come out to around, you know, 20 mil. And I'm going to tie a 10% to you to buy this land for you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm mm. like, great. Okay. Mm. When people say that, I assume the deal is done. Sure. <laughs> like when, and now I've learned with real estate, nothing's ever done until you've got someone has the signatures, money has changed hand and that's over. Yes. So, um, I'll never forget on Thanksgiving, uh, he calls me and he's like, um, Hey Chris, the, the deal didn't go through. Sorry. And I'd already had the church told the church we had this land, had them vote to receive it kind of, you know, big momentum shift. I mean, we're moving 10 minutes from where we are now, but still any move in church world is like, <gasps> you know, scary. Yeah. And so then I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh, and I go to the, el to our elder board, our leadership board. And I go, guys, um, I guess, how are we going to tell the church this? And I'll never forget this. This is, this is one of those moments where, um, you got to love people on my, my board. They go, Chris, I don't care what that man said. That mm. land is ours. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's really, I mean, it's cute. That's sweet. That's like a, that's a sweet Christian, th Christian -y thing to say mm. that land is ours. No, no, you say, I don't think you understand. God already told this board that that is our land. And I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. But the guy that told me he was giving us the <laughs> land said the deal is off and sorry about that. 
figure it out. To which he was like, I don't care what he said. That land is ours. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I was like, what is happening? I said, all right, guys, we're going to fast and we're going to pray and just ask God for what to do. Uh, the next morning we have our, our meeting and I'm still going, what are we going to do? And he's like, I don't think anybody heard me. That land is our land. We don't need to do anything. And I'm like, I, I, it was like days of this. I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyway, after that meeting, a couple hours later, and I'm just whining about it in, um, in the office and, uh, I'll get a phone call and it's the donor and he's like, Hey, deal's back on. This should be. And I'm like, what just happened? It was like, I, I mean, it was like, yeah. I, I can't even, I mean, cause it was like, we had to have like a, an hour and a half conversation. I'm so sorry. It didn't work out. And then within two days or three days, he comes back and he says, the deal's back on. No problem. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah. So anyway, so that that's where for me, I've really had to say, if God has called us to it, he's going to see us through it. Mm-hmm. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Those are a lot of cliche Christian platitudes, but there's, mm-hmm. there's some truth to them. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I've had to really lean into, especially as, and this is, you know, especially as the cost of materials has gone way up, especially as um, inflation. Sure. Uh, like supply chain logistic issues, which then makes everything cost more. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I, at some point, if I sit here and worry about it and fret and then like, you know, sit here and I'm not trusting you, then what am I even doing as a pastor? Mm-hmm. And so I, that I've really had to give that over to him mm-hmm. and realize again, it's kind of like you've had probably to say that this isn't my church. This is God's church and that he's calling me to steward it. Uh, you know, it's kind of like I'm the, I'm an interim pastor. Mm-hmm. I might be interim for 50 years, but I'm eventually this church won't, I will not be the pastor of this church. Somebody else will. Yeah. And I'm stewarding it for the season until I pass it off. It might be that my son that becomes the pastor. It might be your son that, mm-hmm. that becomes uh that, you know, a, a CEO or whatever this conglomerate becomes in the future of he's on the board, he's running things. He's a, whatever he is, that might be you shifted to him or it might be somebody else entirely yeah, yeah. that takes on TRE to the next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. I, I literally woke up uh, two nights ago in the middle of the night and like I just had this, God put it in me. He's like, all I could think of is not my time, it's God's time. Like mm-hmm. my time. Yeah. He's like, that's what I that's what I had. And it, it relates to what you're yeah, saying yeah. in the sense that like, it's not yours, it's God's. And I was like, none of my time is mine. Right. It's God's time. Right. That was like given to me in the middle of the night. I love that. I woke up like, that, and, and, I, and I remembered it in the morning. Usually I don't remember anything <laughs> like a dream or anything. Yeah. And I was like, that's that two days ago. That's exciting. Yeah. So okay, so let me ask you this question. One of the things that, you know, I, I am a futuristic person. Is that how you are? Do you live in the future? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always planning things, seeing yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've been challenged with recently is what's my 20 year goal? And I think I, Today, I'm, this day is my birthday, so I'm 45. Happy birthday. Crazy. Yeah, Come thank on. you. Yeah. yeah, I made it. 45. Uh, but in 20 years, when I'm 65, what do I want to see for the church? Mm-hmm. And I, I've really been pondering that. What does that even mean? You know, and usually you can think in terms of numbers. How about people impacted? People give their lives to Jesus. People baptized. Churches planted. I've been really trying to think for myself, what mm-hmm. is that for my church? And and uh, and I, I want to throw this out to you as well. Mm-hmm. Like, have, have you thought about that? Like 20 years from now, yeah. what is TRE going to be doing, going to be, where, where are they at? Yeah. Like, what's a 20-year well, goal? I'll tell you two, two yeah. thoughts I have. Uh, back to the, the vision of sure. like, this is the place where you come to get more for you. Mm-hmm. And 
how do we make that, you know, not only business, but right. how do we bring people to God here? Mm-hmm. Maybe we do. We start with the podcast with the pastor. Hey, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I literally today we had a call. We get on there and we call we cold call at 830 in the morning. When you cold call, who you cold calling? Anybody. I'm wow. like, so I, I'm teaching a class. Yeah. And I'm so I'm also I'm also going to start teaching at ACC, which oh, is fun. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get this? Through a, a realtor that connected me with them. They're like, oh, you Bro. got a master's in real estate? Like, you got a job. Yeah, nice. Um, but <laughs> wow. anyways, like, I was teaching this class, and it might relate somewhat yeah. to, like, you'll have thoughts on being a pastor. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm just sitting here talking, and everyone's just listening, but, like, I'm tired of this. Guys, we're going to make money for the next hour. <laughs> that's that's what my class is. I love and so it. So it's like, who needs leads? Who needs clients? Who has deals? Let's cold call. Put on speaker, start calling. Uh, and what? And I go through each person. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Do it. Who's got a, and we just call. We just, that is glorious. It's fun. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And so like we had a beautiful call today of, and this, you know, it was very interesting because this guy. Is this got, in class? Yeah, this morning. Mm-hmm. He's, he's asking 600,000 for his property. I end up getting him down to 450. And I didn't even do it in a hardcore way. Yeah. It's like, not what you would think. Right. I'm just like, Hey man, like what's important? Like, what are you trying to do? What's going on? He's like, I want to have more time with my kids. I got a roofing business. I got this property that was given to me, but I don't really want it. And I'm like, or he's like, I like the property, uh, but I don't have time for it. I'm like, well, why don't we just partner on? He's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, what, what's the number? And he's like, I think I could do 500. And I'm like, well, what do you think about four? And he's like, I, I bet I could get to 450. And like, it just blew everyone's mind that I didn't have to like beat this guy yeah, down. Yeah. They're like, wow, you're just literally asking questions. Right. And that's what I do is like, I try to find out what's important, uh-huh. what your goals are, and how do I figure out that need? Right. And and, me, and you're really doing it for a win-win. Yeah, that, absolutely. And I say that. I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm not trying to waste your time. Like, what, what do you want? And that was on a cold call? Yeah. How did you know? Wait, so I, I, it, this might be like thing where I just don't know the, the system. Yeah. How do you know to call him or how did you get his One number? of our agents sent, he's like, call this guy. Uh, okay. He's yeah. got a property and yeah. he's, he's in, wow. And so like we could have someone that's like, I want leads. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's go call this property management company and say, hey, do you guys have tenants that you turned down that you could send our way? Boom. You got some leads. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just go do this more often. I could do this all day, every day and make a ton of money. But I'd rather show you guys how to do it and teach you how to do it and build the team. That is so great. And, and I think that, you know, as a pastor, there's one of the things that's is always challenging. You're, you're always met with, I can grow a big, super huge church or I can plant a bunch of churches. Mm-hmm. And ultimately you go, which one's going to have greater impact over the longevity of time? Uh, a church of 10,000 or uh, 10,000 churches? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you think in terms of, of like that, and that's almost exactly, you could have like your little global real estate empire but the, probably the impact on people globally makes the, everyone's lives better. The rising tide lifts off ships. Yeah, yeah. And I think, man, what a, what a great experience you have. Yeah. And so, you know, back to your question of like our goal yeah. is like, I want to genuinely be the place where people come to get more for themselves. Uh-huh. Whatever that looks like, I don't really care. Yeah. But I want to be the best brokerage for that. Like yeah. we are the best in the world. You want to, you want to own, you want to build your net worth. You want to be entrepreneurial. TRE. Yeah. And it doesn't really exist as far as I know. No. Like people talk about it, but they don't preach it. And our agents love it. Or they don't live it, right? Yeah, they, they preach don't live it. it. They don't, yeah, they don't yeah. Do so it. like our agents are thriving. So that is that goal. But, and this is where you, you give me your opinion. Mm. I've just never really liked uh, having like this clear goal. Yeah. In some sense. Um, but I've also feel like maybe that's just what God does is like, he always like puts like 
the immediate step right on my mind and i and i kind of know like i feel as if there's something i'm going to do that's have have a big impact yeah and i'm gonna be required to be really responsible Mm -hmm. to what i know is important what i've been Mm -hmm. taught i don't know what that means i used to think it was politics like Mm -hmm. genuinely was like from a kid like I'm going to be the president of the United States. I literally thought that that's like what God wanted me to do. Right. And every time I, I still think there's something there, but every time I look into politics, I'm just like, no, I hate this. I hate (laughs) everything about this. (laughs) Like I'm on a government affairs committee. I know certain politicians and, and I'm just like, no. Yeah. But like, I'm weirdly drawn to that. Right. Um, so I guess my point is like, for whatever reason, I've never. Everyone's like, "Well, what's what's the business look like in five years?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "And we do these traction meetings with yeah, Lexi, yeah. and I just like say something like, yeah, we want to have this many agents.' Like, I don't care, I don't know. Yeah, like I just want to stop talking about this and just keep, you know, because we're not yeah. back to what I was saying. Like, there's no finish line. It's like let's have fun, let's enjoy, and let's shine the light of God the yeah, best I we really can. I really appreciate you saying that because I think that's my struggle. Because as I've been, because I was challenged with this, you know, what's your 20 year goal a couple weeks ago, and I was, I've been sitting there going, I don't. I mean, I, I keep going to is it numbers. Is it impact? You know, I, I don't know the, the right answer for me when I was um, uh, when I was in the army and I was uh, driving from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, down to Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, I was going to more training to do special forces. By yeah, the way. yeah, that was it was and army ranger. I was an army ranger and then got selected for special forces. And on that drive from Camp McCall, Camp Fort Bragg down to Fort Benning to start the first part of the Q course qualification course for special forces. The Lord called me. It was he had two words. It's time. <clears throat> and I didn't, I knew what that meant. That meant get out of the army. So, and I just got selected for SF. I, if, and the, which then because I gotten selected for SF, I committed to this school that was at Fort Benning. So I had to put on more time into the army, but I knew that I was supposed to get out. So I called uh, my branch, which was um, um, special forces branch. I said, Hey, transfer me back to armor. Um, I'm going to get out as soon as I can to go in the ministry. They thought I was crazy. And, um, because I had all this, you know, all this opportunity, all that everybody wants to be a green beret. Uh, so anyway, but all I got was it's time. And then when I eventually got to seminary, um, I was like, Lord, what, you know, what's the next step? And it's, it's, it was never like, and you're going to do this or you're going to do that. It was very much like the Lord would brought things together where I was like a traveling speaker guy that would go and speak to a youth group or a church or just all over the country. It was super fun. Uh, and then I got married and then next thing you know, um, a church position opens up down here in Austin. And I remember this was, it was cool. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to email that the, the hiring person on this day. And then on that exact day, he, he called me, which is like, how do you know that a church position opens? Uh, so, you know, you, you have, um, <coughs> through my seminary, Dallas Theological oh, okay. Seminary, they're all connected. Like, they're, everyone's connected yeah, in that. It. It's, you know, it's just a little, that was my one small network. I didn't, I didn't grow up really in, my parents were moral, but not like church people. And so, uh, I w- went to church, Lutheran church by myself with another family. I loved it. I would go every week. My mom would sometimes go, but usually I went by myself. And so it was a very, uh, personal, special thing for me until, um, really after I graduated from West Point mm-hmm. that I really felt like the Lord call me into um, a relationship with him, which meant I understood fully that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the dead. 
And I was like, wow. And it was December 4th, 1999. So you're, you know, Y2K and that the whole thing was yeah, coming yeah. up. And so I was like, well, man, if the world's ending, do I know for sure that I'm going to go to heaven? And I was like, oh, I don't really know. So uh, it was on that day I went, go, went forward, got baptized. I had a baptism service the next day. Just And then I went from that point, went to Fort Benning, Georgia for airborne school. But that was a bizarre like time of my life where, again, I think God speaks to me in like little sections of time. And, for example, moving the church from Wells Branch to Brushy Creek, again, mm-hmm. not exactly super far move, but still a challenge. That had only God could have done that. I would have never predicted, oh, and we're going to be in Brushy Creek in a couple of years. Like, never would have seen that. Did, that, did the land start that, or did that so come it, before okay, the Yeah, so, <clears throat> okay, th- this is where it's a weird story. The, the donor, um, I, I, I discipled his son for many years, and he just would call to check up on me, what's going on, and... I don't know if you know this, whenever we moved into our current location on Wells Branch Parkway, uh, there was another building that was like right across a little breezeway from the worship center. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we... uh, I remember you were were going to move into that. Yeah, we did. We did. We did move into it and CVS bought it because the owner sold it from under us. And... It was in the lease that they could do that, but the leasing agent said, that'll never happen. That is never, that will never, ever happen. You guys just go for it. Do it. And I, I learned a whole lot about- There's a real estate tip. Yeah. <laughs> real estate 101. <laughs> you know, if someone, if it's not in writing, it's probably for a reason. So I was like, okay, all right. So yeah. So then- they bought it from us. They demolished our children's ministry side and where we had, you know, it, it was brutal. And we had to move in. It was, man. So at, right now, at our, we have a worship center that's next to a bar, which is next to a payday loan place, which is, yeah, it's a really high class area, uh, which is next to a, you know, a pizza joint, a, uh, a donut shop, Mexican yeah. restaurant. And then there's the children's ministry. So anyway, so it was a real huge challenge for us when that happened. And so when this guy heard that, he does real estate in Dallas. And he's like, that is crazy. And so he would come down every so often. And I remember calling him like, Hey, that you probably, it's COVID time. This is probably the worst time. Nobody's, we can't do a capital campaign. No, this is the best time. This is the time. I'm like, oh, okay. So then we, that, and then we went to the, the Brushy Creek location just cause it was on the way back to where he was, he was going. And we looked at it and you know, location, location, location is you put a church Right here, where you had a where you have you know forty thousand vehicles a day mm-hmm. passing through, it's a high commerce, high tech area. Mm-hmm. So you know there's gonna be a lot of growth. <clears throat> it's gonna be a lot of everything. So this is the perfect place to put a church, yeah. and there were no other churches there, especially none other that were like of our stream, which is Bible Church. So we're like, man, let's do it. Uh, but that was take a deep breath and like you know, meant a year of stress and having to put faith over fear. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I, I love that location. I'm excited, man, because it's growing and yeah. um, it's just like anything in business or anything in life, like people that are committed mm-hmm. and putting in the work, it's going to grow. Yeah. yeah. It's going to work. It's so going to work. As I've seen it more and more, like I, I've seen a church that um, I went to a long time ago and yeah. I went like, to check it out. And it was like a thousand times bigger. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what's going to happen with yeah, your church. I agree. It's just, and especially if you have a good location. Yes. <laughs> and that's the key. And, and not that our location isn't fine now, but boy, I'm, I'm really excited about where we're going. So the, I feel like God has placed us there uh, uniquely for this season. Well, I love it, man. I'm, I'm excited because, uh, I don't know, you said Bible church and when, when I just, it's really sad to me how people view uh, religion. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, 
I just feel like the people that turn it away and they're not about it, they just don't fully understand it. Right. And and, and I think it, there's a reason for that, right? I mean, people in churches have done <clears throat> dumb things. Yes. And, yes. and it goes back to, like, we all have, f- you know, flaws in our past yeah. and in our present. You know, we all jack stuff up. Yep. And, it, and what happens is, is it if it's not recoverable, then that creates a rift and then people get hurt and they use words like, the church hurt me, as opposed to, Chris hurt me because mm. it's, it's a different thing to say the church versus me. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's, and they have done, or go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Because what that means is it's like, uh, the, the church, then you've given a bad name to all to Jesus in a sense, as sure. opposed to me as a, you know, yeah. Chris plug and pull that guy screwed me. Well, that was that one jerk that, that ruined your experience or said something or did something or 50 of them. Right. Right. For sure. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all of them. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so then, you know, and people make, in any business, you've, you've experienced where people have wronged you in any sort of thing. So religion, although it should be at the peak of morality, which is kind of smart, right? Or kind of kind of understandable that there's a higher standard for church people, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Which is when you think about that, why do they have a higher standard? Oh, mm-hmm. it's because we're proclaiming a truth that we're saying, like, Jesus really transformed my life. And, but I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. And so although our, we have an aspirational goal of holiness and righteousness, the reality, you know, the gap there is, is probably pretty broad. And you just can't, you don't walk around looking like, oh, well, that person has a lot of huge morality gap right there. They're really working on that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not working on it so much. But mm-hmm. at least I know where they stand. If, if everyone, if you had an expectation chart on everybody you met, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this person has a low degree of possibly hurting you or betraying you. Mm-hmm. Then you would walk into relationships and you go, oh, this person is guaranteed to uh, wrong you at some point. Okay, well, I now know how to interact. Mm-hmm. But because we don't have that, we're having to trust God ultimately, forgive people for their shortcomings, mm-hmm. and then think the best of people mm-hmm. um, even when it's really hard. Yeah, no, you you uh, you know, you know, said this, like, obviously, we're all sinners. That's, you know... Mm-hmm. That's the thing is like I feel like people are like oh these Christians they think they're perfect right no no <laughs> no we're, we're saying the exact opposite of right that. we are the, we're the most screwed up people around at least we can acknowledge it and you said at church I think it was like two weeks ago like matter of fact if you're drunk come to church yeah, yeah. and like that's that's I've right. never heard a pastor say that yeah oh and, man and it's true it's like. We're not judging you. Right. Like, we are the sinners just like you. Yeah. It, it was funny. It was the guy that, because uh, it was sweet. That, and that guy has come to church since then, and he has been drunk. And it's been fine. I'm like, come on. And it's like, we take homeless people off the street that will be at our church, and you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But the reality is, at some point, someone dealt with you. At some point, Jesus dealt with you in the yeah. darkness of your heart. He came, he found you. He turned you from death to life. And so I think if God can do something with the person that's an alcoholic, God can do something with the person that's a sex addict, God can do something with any type, whatever your issue is, he can transform you from death to life. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm getting to theological oh, I love stuff. It. Hey, but yeah, that's, preach, pastor. Yeah, come on, man. Now, <laughs> now I'm preaching. You got me on my... No, I mean, it's my, just like sad that like... that. I don't know. I don't know if every church would say that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, no, get him out of here. Yeah. That's what I feel. That mindset is mm-hmm. what is what I'm saying is sad. Right. It's like, right. yeah, he may be drunk and you may be doing something else that you can't f- right. physically see. Yeah. But we're all the same. We're all... We're right? all... We're all he's, he's as welcome as... You know, the big thing for people is that usually what happens when they sin. Let's just let's just use like being drunk for example. Oh no, I've got drunk. So now I need to go isolate from the God's people. I need to get myself right, which is so anti Jesus. 
Jesus says, you do not have the power to change yourself. You do not have the ability only through coming to Christ, only yielding to his spirit. So if when you are drunk, you step into church and it allows the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but also the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So therefore, we don't walk with like the, the big thing of shame over our shoulders. What we do is we come to church and we, in our brokenness and sometimes in tears, as you know, sometimes you watch, you know, I get to sit front row, so I'll occasionally look back and I'll just see people just weeping mm-hmm. because all of a sudden the, the amount of weight on their shoulders, all of the relationship baggage, all of the woundedness, all the stuff, the shame that they've been carrying has been lifted off. And that's what church should be, a place where you come to be refreshed by the Spirit, where you hear the God's Word, and you're not you're not sitting there with your arms folded going like, that's not applying to me. It's But rather where you're saying, like, God, convict me, and you're not elbowing your spouse to get them to change, but rather you're coming to have, Lord, will you transform me? Mm-hmm. And I think when we can have that attitude, yeah. it makes church an exciting place to be where people are excited to share the hope that they have, and then it makes the whole world a mission field so anyway i get all excited That's about great. that because yeah, i feel yeah. like you know just in our little men's group you've been to my house where we had that it, it has been hysterical it's been awesome like guys just sharing their life story uh uh and just very openly and a lot of pain and hurt and guys in the middle of relationship breakups and sometimes in divorce and sometimes just a real a whole lot of struggle and you're just you're hearing the, the woundedness and the the, the great news is that there is a solution. Mm. When Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, he empowers you to live as a uh, an, as a representative of the kingdom of God. It's like you're a diplomat working at the embassy because you have the answer for eternal life and also for the life that in the here and now, that their life doesn't have to be wrapped around the axle of worry and fear of finance, relationship, that you can have peace. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the thing that, you don't want to say you're selling. You're, you're offering to people. Say, come and get some more of that. Taste and see mm-hmm. that the Lord is good. Yeah, and that's I want to I want to uh, like bring that into our business somehow, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. part of the yeah. goal. Just kind of random, but <clears throat> this guy I met yesterday uh, was telling me about like people used to go to men used to go to war. Yeah, and then <clears throat> when they would come back. They would go be with other men mm-hmm. by themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and figure some stuff out. Yeah, and now that doesn't happen. Right, it's like you're just put back into the world. Right, and it was really interesting because he was alluding to like what they do and yeah. this, this group of guys and they all go work out mm-hmm. on Thursdays uh, at Zilker and then yeah. on Tuesdays they do. What he was saying was like, <clears throat> I guess I look at it as like therapy. Yeah, and it was like. Oh man, they're like so close, yeah. but they're not doing it with, with God based. Right. Or he didn't say that, right, which right. you would think he would have. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was just, it was, it was interesting. Like that's what we need. Th- those guys are doing, they need, they need that, but they need more right. to share that and to be open. What and, that is, it's called moralistic therapeutic deism. More like, Hey, if you can get some good morals, mm-hmm. and he was saying like, these guys are crying and I'm like, right. Oh man. And it's therapy. Like, God, I need to You're get sharing it. your heart. You, you want to <clears throat> do better. And there is a God somewhere. But the problem is that with moralistic therapeutic deism is that the God doesn't intervene in your world to take you from a place where you can't, and then he does it for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the gap. The gap is you get yourself together, use these guys as your good crutch, and let's pull yourselves up by your bootstrap, where Jesus says, I'm going to change you from the inside out. Beautiful. Well, um, what I want to do is uh, I'd like to pray over everybody. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, I would love that to the listeners. Uh, if you all bow your head, yeah, God, thank you so much. I'm just praying for every person listening. 
Uh, they've got, you've got dreams financially. You've got dreams relationally. You've got dreams that you've been uh, feeling like you may have been hitting your head against the wall or you're like, the sky is the limit. Uh, what's just the next step? And I'm praying that the step that they would take is they would put their trust from themselves and their own abilities, their own failures, their own successes, and put it fully onto you, Jesus. The, that there would be this great transaction that would say, I can't, but you can. My giftedness can only take me so far, but you can change me from the inside. So God, I'm praying that someone recognize the depth of their own sin and darkness. They recognize your perfection, how you died on the cross, Jesus, for our sin and rose from dead. Holy Spirit, would you enter into people's lives? They hear this and they respond. And God, I'm praying for a sense of comfort and peace for those that are just been just beaten down by life and just trying to get a leg up and, and get a, a little bit started. Lord, praying that uh, for those that are like, I'm, I'm, I have this greatness inside me to do something great in the entrepreneurial world. Lord, would you bless them in every endeavor? And would they seek help from guys like uh, Matt and Alex who have a, a focus on their Christian experience, driving their goals, driving their jobs, driving their interactions with other people so that it wouldn't be just about me achieving a dream, but God, it would be about you using a person to impact the lives of others that the kingdom of God might expand through them. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you so much for uh, Tyfee Real Estate, and we're praying that you would bless uh, TRE over in abundance, that there would be every, the whole attitude and philosophy here would be multiplied exponentially, and we watch this place grow, and that we'd see the impact we're having across the globe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, one last thing. I don't know if you have it in you or not, yeah. but uh, every time after service, yeah. you get all jacked up. <laughs> You are sent. Yeah. You, okay, get, you got me. that in you? I got Can that you, in me. Come on. Yeah. Bring it. All right. All right. So I, what Let's I do go. Is, woo, yeah. What I say is like, hey, imagine what would happen if we took the principles that we've been talking about here and they left this podcast space and it went out into the city. Imagine how that would transform you, how that would transform uh, your family, how it would transform this city. Now, receive the benediction. Go and be a person who puts other people first. Go and be a person that's looking for how God is going to expand his kingdom through you individually. Go and have an awesome week of worship. You are set. Come on, baby. <laughs> Peace.